This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. issue for all women. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. In this week's Sunday Chops, in honour of the World Cup, which has just started over in Russia, I am chatting to Kate Borsay, a journalist, broadcaster and co-founder of the Offside Rule podcast about the World Cup because she is an expert and she knows lots of things and I know it's man's sport but we are both women so I feel like that's okay. We had a lovely time catching up. We talked about England's chances of success in this World Cup. We talked about who might win it. We talked about what you might want to say in the pub if you're a bit at a loss of football bants, but you know, you want to get involved in the conversation. And we talked about women in sports broadcasting and sports writing and how that shit is going. I'll give you a clue. Not well. Now, we actually recorded this in the week before the implosion of the Spanish team and the announcement that Lopetogi was going to go and manage Real Madrid in the absence of Zinedine Zidane, who recently quit. There's a few little facts for you there. And then was subsequently sacked as a Spain manager like the day before their first match or something silly like that. So, yeah, a week is a long time in football. But this is all useful information for you, so you can take all of this to the pub with you. So, you know, extra facts. You're welcome. Anyway, do have a listen. If you enjoy it, please do check out Kate's podcast as well. Uh, What she didn't mention in the bit at the end where she says how you can find her is that you can find her on Twitter at Kate Borsay, and you can also find The Offside Rule on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. And if you enjoyed this Sunday Chops, please do have a listen to this week's podcast. It's bloody excellent, obviously. And it features Kate, a shorter version of this interview. We are also chatting about train chaos in like full partridge mode. I mean, it's annoying, isn't it? It's pretty shit at the minute. And we're also talking about an absence of female writers on the old telly. So it's a corker and we'd love you to have a listen to it. But for now, here's Kate. I'm joined by Kate Borsay, broadcaster, sports and news presenter and co- co-founder? Yeah. Co-founder? And co-founder of the Offside Rule podcast. Yes. Yes. Really nice to join you, Jen. It's very nice to have you here because you sort of gave me my break, as it were, <laughs> in sports journalism. I think that's probably labouring it a little bit. Well, you know, you let me write for you and I didn't know very much. So, <laughs> so uh, that you was did nice very well. Thanks. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And we're super proud of you as well. Aww. It's always nice. nice when you take a little chick out of somewhere and they give them a little lift and um, set them on their path. Although you were always going to be great at this anyway. so That's nice. I'm going to keep this in. I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. So Kate is here to talk to me, to talk to us rather, about the upcoming World Cup. Yeah. Kate, are you excited? I'm getting excited now. I think I've learned after many decades Mm -hmm. 
I'm not 55, it's okay. But, I, but I've learned after many tournaments not to get too excited. And also, as a journalist, you have to try and remain a little bit impartial mm. and see the merits and the faults of every side going, as well as the country hosting it. So you always pull back a little bit. But this is the first major tournament that I haven't been to in quite some time. So I'm going to be home sort of UK side for all of this. So that will be quite interesting for me. That's interesting. Is there any, is it just work commitments or is yeah. there any other reason why you're not going no, to this No, there's one? no other reason other than that I've got a lot of work on here, mm. a mixture of news and sport, and it means that I can't take a month, or what, it isn't even a month, it's six weeks really mm. if you're yeah. a journalist going out yeah. there. Um, I can't take that take that time out really. And also it is quite far away and there's a lot of travelling involved. Mm. I think is it Egypt's got the most travelling, and they're and they're doing something like nearly nine thousand miles over the group stage. Yes, so that's that's country. over three games. So as a journalist, you've got to be based in one place. But also, if you're following a team, and I normally would be following England around mm. a country, that's. That's a lot of mileage. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that because Russia's huge. It's I mean, massive. I imagine a lot of it is uninhabitable <laughs> probably not you know bare terrain yeah there's probably not going to be stadiums popping up all over russia and there's probably places still... that you really don't want to go yes, to as well yeah. but it's still like pretty vast that hadn't even occurred to me crikey so look i'm going to start with the with the obvious thing to zone in on mm. talk to me about the england squad kate is it any good this time well we're secretly excited by it, not because mm. I think the press and the likes of us dirty scoundrels think it think that England are going to win it, but just that England might surprise us. Mm-hmm. In the past tournament, we failed to get out of the group stage. That was the last World Cup in Brazil, and that was just awful. Yeah. And we all had our hearts broken, and having been at both tournaments, especially in Brazil, it mm. hurt like hell, yeah. to the point that people were giving up on our last game because we were already out and wearing gimp suits out, yeah. in, out in the Brazil heat. That's how bad it was yeah. for England fans. It was awful. So we are quietly optimistic, and I think what's key about this England team is that it's younger than mm-hmm. it has been in a very long time. They've got a young manager in Gareth Southgate, mm-hmm. and to some extent there's no pressure on them. This is where I feel my responsibility as a journalist, because I think I'm not going to build it up for them. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone, in fact, I don't want anyone to talk about it too much. I just want to see what they do. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scrap this. <laughs> Fast forward a few minutes and don't you'll be listen. fine. <laughs> I saw a tweet on my way here, actually, which said, and I was going to ask you what is different about this team under Southgate, but I just saw this tweet just now, which said that what Southgate has done is he's built this, like, cohesive kind of, kind of like, let's all chat about our feelings and stuff, kind (laughs) of a vibe where they're kind of treated as people before they're treated as athletes. Yeah, so it's a little bit more intuitive, I think. Mm. And the advantage that Gareth Southgate's got, the England manager, is that he knows really, really well between five and seven of these players because mm. they've played with him through the youth ranks. Yeah. There's also success for them to draw on, you know, particularly from the Under-20 World Cup. There is a hint of win about certainly the, the kind of lower youth ranks of the England sides now. So there's some inspiration to be taken there. We've got lots of young players. And when you look at people like Jesse Lingard, who sounds like he's Swedish, by the way, but he is English. Yes, confusing. Um, yes. Mm. And... Deli Ali, mm-hmm. who sounds like a dodgy street just off 
Moscow. Mm-hmm. When you look at those players, they are full of confidence. And I think because they haven't been broken by what's traditionally happened with England yes. teams, which is that they do really well in qualifying, in fact, are pretty much faultless in qualifying, get to a major tournament and then the wheels come off. It all falls apart for mm-hmm. them. So hopefully that's what's different this time. And I think for the first time in a long time, Gareth Southgate's actually given us a style. Actually, mm-hmm. actually given us a kind of a style of playing you know won't get too technical but he's set upon a certain look for this England side and a certain setup and it looks good and it looks decisive whereas in the past we've always looked like we're going to go one way and then if you're Roy Hodgson for example you you get to a major tournament and then you throw the whole thing that the whole last two years experience out Mm. and you go for something completely different or if you're Roy Hodgson by the way you let your team sheet be filmed underneath a glass hotel table for the world to see. Mm. Uh, hopefully Gareth won't be doing that. No, I think not. He doesn't. He looks like someone who wouldn't do that. He looks like he means business. <laughs> do you know what? When, when it comes to major tournaments, yeah. Jen, we just can't predict because there will be some sort of clangor because there always is, whether yeah. it's, you know a VAR decision so there's um, a, a video assistant referee in this mm. tournament which means that oh this is this could be very controversial yes then, exactly it? so that means essentially video replays yeah. of contentious decision of, mm. of, of kind of certain decisions that only qualifies for kind of certain things um, but also a referee is allowed to take retrospective action in this tournament as well so um, so that means that if there is something yeah. that goes against England like the Frank Lampard goal in 2010 against Germany, which meant England fell apart and kind of fell out the tournament, it can be challenged. Mm-hmm. But you know what? With England's luck, it will probably work against yeah. us. So let's not get too excited no, about that. No, let's not, because that's got, like, you know, retrospective red card written all over it, hasn't it? Uh, yes. And, and I'm thinking about players like Raheem Sterling, who seems to have quite a lot of bad luck when it comes to the press. In fact, the press give him a really hard time. They really do. They really do. It's starting to look like something weird. It's starting to look like a vendetta. <laughs> yes, and I think it's being led by the news desks yes. within certain organisations rather than the sport desks. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming front page. Well, it is front page rather mm-hmm. than back page. And Southgate's tried to dissipate it and said stuff like the gun tattoo, mm. you know, is a choice. It's a personal choice. That's what he wants and that's how it should remain. Mm. You know, Sterling's known for diving. And he does get a hard time. It, it's, it's, it's part of his game. It's up to him to play well enough for it not to be classed as a dive, as mm. a foul. So let's see how he does. I mean, I think he's been given a hard time and he's he's been playing really well. I'm, 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 you know, Raheem Sterling on form, as he has been for City, is is exceptional. I mean, he's, he's, great. he's brilliant. Yeah. And he, for me... As long as he keeps ignoring all this, and you know he's been hounded for years by the mm, press, yeah. and the good thing is, I actually think it it sort of goes over his head now. He's you know he's pretty experienced I don't to it. I think he's the smartest guy either, is he? You can't say that about footballers. And and actually, do, do you know not? what? With the amount of abuse footballers mm. get, and particularly the amount of pressure that's on England footballers mm. before a tournament, I prefer to be thick. I prefer to be yeah. so thick that I can't read yeah. or turn on a radio to listen to mm. anything about what the press is saying about me. I d- I do think that the I think that they have an exceptionally hard time. Actually, I think that the rhetoric around footballers is just lazy. To be honest, like oh, they got it's too boring, much money. It? Oh, yeah. I just said it, but oh, they're really stupid. Blah blah blah. You don't have to be 
a rocket scientist to be a footballer like that's their job like it's fine really no one's asking them to be super well you have to have a different kind of intelligence you have to have a tactical intelligence and you and you have to have physical attributes you know Mm -hmm. so it's so it's different you 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 can't just compare them to to to, to a scientist it just doesn't work like that yeah. you can't compare me or you to a scientist you either you certainly can't compare you know? me to so, a scientist I, yeah I think they get a really hard time and I think that you, you're you absolutely right the press hound them and I think the weight of expectation on them has just been yeah. ridiculous I think we love it when they lose I think <sighs> I think there's something in it for us like I, I do think there's kind of like a national joy in a way. You see, I don't think real football fans should love it when we lose. No, they shouldn't, absolutely. That, that kind of vitrionic, I told you so, mm. and, I, and I've, I've sort of said that in a slightly cockney accent, it's not just... Go for it. You know. Mm. Yeah, I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a true football fan. I think that's a sadist. I, I would agree. There is, I don't know, I think outrage has become like a thing that people yeah. just really, really it's, love. It's all too catchy, isn't it? Yeah. Outrage. Why not just be positive and just... Mm. And, and, and look, I, I've had my heart broken too. I completely get it. And when they play badly and it's their fault, of course you want to walk up to every single one of them and wring their neck. But it doesn't It doesn't always work. You know, this, this is football, guys. Sorry, but it doesn't always work the way that you think it's going to. Don't take it too seriously for goodness sake and enjoy you know enjoy some of the some of the more obscure matches as well because there's some you can watch some like really really awesome matches by like random little teams yes yeah i think i think saudi arabia are playing someone random in the first couple of games in fact the first few games are really random and Mm. and kind of not that exciting before we before we get kind of further into the group games but yes yes you can see people making their debut panama in our group making their World Cup debut. Mm-hmm. Should That's be exciting. exciting. Yeah, a couple of South American teams. Tunisia as well in our group as well, and Belgium, who are the biggest threat to us, really. Yes, Belgium are. But the group that we would be up against after that, it's an easy group, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, if we finish runners-up of our group, mm. which I think is... Likely. Is probably likely yeah. and is a good place to be, mm-hmm. we'd face Poland, Japan, Colombia, Senegal. Now, Colombia's, you know, always around and about and has the potential. They could do something. They were, I was out in Brazil and and kind of watched the whole Mm -hmm. Hammers Rodriguez, who's one of the main guys for for Colombia, watched him become a star and watched that Colombian team become, you know, become everyone's adopted favourite team, basically. Um, So if that momentum goes with them again, then yeah, possibly. But look, if we get through that, quarterfinals, Brazil or Germany. Yeah, that's not great, is it? Yeah, so that's where we have to look at the fact that if we get through the group stage, Jen, brilliant. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And that's an improvement, Mm -hmm. okay? If we get through the next round and we reach the quarterfinals, that I think is about as much as we can hope for. And I think that would be very respectable. Decent. That would be totally decent. Yeah. Based on a new side, a very young side, and a new manager. That's great, because that gives us something really good to build on then. Yeah, absolutely. So not this time. Maybe <laughs> next time. But but do watch the games, guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about Brazil and Germany, and I think we've, we've said um, we can't win it, unfortunately. It's <laughs> unlikely that we will win it. Fine. That's okay. I'm cool with that. <laughs> 
We've all done the therapy yeah. session now with that. Netherlands would normally be my second choice. Well, you, well, you can't have them. No, I can't. No, because they're, they're, they're not there, it. and neither are Italy. Yeah, yeah, that, which is weird, isn't it? It feels a bit weird. That it is not quite weird, it. and you can expect to see one other major side go out because they always do mm. go out at the group stages. Don't know who yet. Let's see. Brazil and Germany yeah. would probably both be in with the... Who do you yeah. think are the favourites? Well, on paper, the favourites... surely. No, they're not, actually. Really? Because Because um, France are my favourites because I really like what? watching them. Mm-hmm. But the big question marks over their defence. They're a team with bags of potential, mm. haven't realised it yet. They've got a great team, They though. have got an amazing team, but they've not done it yet, Jen. Mm. There is no... There's no record there for that for that particular side. They are, you know, good up front. Paul Pogba, Giroud, all very good. Much promise, not mm. fulfilled yet. So I'm going to really enjoy watching France, mm-hmm. and I really hope that they do well. Um, if you want to go for kind of the bookies' favourites, I haven't looked at the odds actually, but you know, Germany won it in 2014. Their squad, they they could have chosen. In fact, they had a pool of about 50 players that they could choose oh, yeah. from. Leroy Sane, you know, such a decent player, not in the squad. I'd love to have those problems, actually, if I was Gareth Southgate. Brazil, again, you know, it depends whether they can realise mm. what we think has been building under Tite, their manager. Confidence is key for them. Neymar didn't have such a good time no. um, in uh, Brazil. Now, of course, he's one of the contenders for the Golden Boot, one of the contenders for player of the tournament. They've got about two quality players in every position. Brazil so they are you know in yeah. terms of a whole team they are completely covered and it's a it's quite it's a different um it's a different setup isn't it to the Olympic team there's different yes. rules but obviously they did win but they did at the Olympics yeah, yeah. So, so I think yes you can credit them with that but a major t- I mean the Olympics is so different to a, mm. to a major tournament it's so different with the Olympics the intensity is dissipated because of mm. everything else going on there's a lot of focus on other athletes mm. with the World Cup it is football football and football from start you know so there is yeah look Brazil definitely one of the favourites mm. um, let's see Spain not a lot of people talking about them no. but don't don't write them off Lopetegui their manager actually has had a really good mm. time with them I think so he managed them at youth level and I I could be wrong but I don't think they've ever lost under him so that's you know a great stat in fact that's a good stat stat for the pub but obviously you'll need to check it's right folks so you'll have to okay. you'll have to look it out check it's right <laughs> check it's and if right it is it's a great stat <laughs> And Isco as well. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's essential to that team and scored a hat-trick in the um, 6-1 defeat of Argentina in March. So mm-hmm. really excited about him. Probably one of the best defences in the tournament. David De Gea, uh, a name many of you will yes, recognise in yeah. goal. PK Ramos. They crashed out in 2014. So they need to turn it on this time. But there are some really exciting teams out there. I, I'm, I'm most excited about watching France. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Germany could do it again, though. They really could yeah. because that's what Germany do, don't they? I am so. I was so surprised that they didn't take Sane. Yeah, I well, was so surprised. He's not. That. He's not the only one, and I think those players that have been selected mm. will know that they will. will you know, they'll 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 take a huge confidence boost from that. Yeah. Not that they really need it anyway. No. Um, to be honest, but yeah, 
Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for France. Don't write off Germany, Brazil, Spain. Okay. So, if you were fancying a... If you fancied a punt on a random team with very good odds... Oh. I don't know the odds of any of them. Basically, are there any dark horses yeah. in this competition? Yeah, there are. People will talk about Belgium, but again, if you want to sound informed, you know, Belgium is so last tournament, you know. Mm. Well, of course they are a team of great promise, but they're no longer dark horses, is my point. Right, okay, yeah. And and they, you know, they they too fall apart a bit when when they get mm-hmm. to major tournaments. So, you know, Uruguay on my dark horse tip mm. one of the popular ones their centre-backs actually won the Europa League with mm. Atletico Madrid I won't get into names and stuff but they basically got some you know winners in their team already goals are really important of course in this tournament they've got Suarez and Cavani up front mm-hmm. two very reliable goal scorers always able to turn it on Suarez is the one who used to bite biter. people FYI yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that happened yeah. in Brazil yes it did yes. yeah um, he's got quite big teeth as well hasn't he <laughs> He does. They do lend themselves to, to a good chomp to those teeth. Very odd behaviour. Yes, yeah, and and, and it wasn't the human. first time that he'd bitten no. either. Their coach Oscar Tabares. Well, he um, he actually suffers from a really degenerative muscular disorder. So you'll see him with crutches. Fair play to him mm-hmm. because he's you know physically suffering quite a bit and is like, no, I'm going to take this team forward. Um, and they're really lovely to watch Uruguay, actually. They should get through their group easily. Potential quarterfinal with France, if they make it through to the quarters, that that's going to be the main test for Uruguay, really. So, yeah, I think Uruguay, worth a punt. Interesting. Right, guys, get yourselves down. I'm not going to say the name of a specific... I mean, I could, couldn't I? It's not the BBC. <laughs> Right, so say you're a novice to football. Yeah. You don't know a lot. I once asked Dion Dublin this question, and I can't remember what he said to me. Um, <laughs> Matt, did he talk about zonal marking, maybe? Oh, did he? Know, possibly. What could you say, if you're in the pub and people are having a chat about football and you don't really know what you're talking about, what could you just, like, drop on them? Yeah. To have obviously not something that they then ask you loads of questions because that will be embarrassing uh, if you then don't have answers. But what could you say to make yourself sound like you knew what you were talking about? You could talk about the axis, so that this is important. Right. An axis. I'm learning something, guys. You could you could talk about the England axis, the axis that is Harry Kane up front, Sterling just behind him, mm-hmm. Deli Alley on one side, Jesse Lingard on the other. You can also call it a diamond. Yes. So there's been a big debate before this tournament. Is Harry Kane okay to be up front on his own? Okay. That means a lone striker. So normally the, the real traditional football formation, 4-4-2, four, four, two, two strikers up front, four in midfield, four at the back. So you could talk about the axis, and it's an axis because you've got Harry Kane up front, Deli Alley on one side, Jesse Lingard on the other, both very confident players, and then Sterling sitting just behind or, or sitting in a diamond almost behind okay. Harry Kane. Have I completely confused everyone? Because that that may be a little bit tricky. But that, that yeah. axis, that diamond, mm-hmm. really important to England. Okay, so that's what you can say. You can say, well, I mean, the axis of Harry Kane, uh, <laughs> Sterling and... I can't even... Deli Alley, is that who you said? Deli Alley. Uh, the axis of those three, yeah. really important to England. Yeah. And then go to the bar. Yeah. And, 
then and no then one will ask you anything else. And yeah. you'll just have said yeah. something like really smart and they go, oh, I didn't yeah. know they knew. I mean, you can also, that. you know, you could also talk about Gary Cahill being the most capped senior player. I've actually got here the average age of the England team. Oh, yes. That's Hang on a minute. Um, whilst I just look through my extensive research. There's a lot of paperwork uh, there is uh, There is a bit of paperwork here. Oh, my gosh. Here's a good one for you. Mm-hmm. According to when the squad list came out, Harry Kane is the second heaviest player in the entire tournament. Wow. Now, I'm not suggesting that you bandy this fact around the pub, but what I'm saying is that you might go, oh, isn't it ridiculous that when the team list came out, Harry Kane was the second heaviest player in the entire tournament? Actually, England defender Harry Maguire is one of the heaviest. He's quite tall, um, though, isn't he, Harry Kane? Harry Kane is quite tall. Harry, Harry Maguire, quite tall as well. So, you know. Um, I'm sure he's not the tallest, though. He's quite a slight man, Harry Kane. He 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 won't be the tallest person there. No, he won't. I I think that it's that that you can guffaw with your mates at the pub about how FIFA must have got that wrong mm-hmm. when all the official squads were announced. I think I think you could you could probably say that. I'll tell you another good one. Please do. Right here here now now this is this is playing on names. Um, Ashley Young mm-hmm. is actually the oldest member of the England squad. That's yeah, good. Good. Yeah, yeah. I just need to check how old Gary Cahill is actually. He's before quite I... old, isn't he? Yeah. Look, let me just have a look. Well, he's thirty-two, and so is Ashley Young. So I'm guessing Ashley that... Young is thirty-two. Ashley Young's thirty-two. He does look younger. Yeah, than thirty-two. Yeah, and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm-hmm. Liverpool player, nineteen. Yeah. Youngest player in the team. Very exciting player. So if you want to look like you know your stuff, Kate is just a say fan. yeah, yeah. Well, FYI. just say I'm really excited to see Trent Alexander-Arnold, not a public schoolboy, along with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. But by the way, there's, there's a lot of double-barrelled yeah. action going on. But yes, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, so he's got a wise head on his shoulders mm-hmm. and seems pretty chilled with the fact. Well, I, I mean, he's kind of one of those players where he could come on and do amazingly, or we might not see him. Yeah. But if you want a bit of banter for the pub then you know you say oh i really want to see him give trent alexander arnold a try at the back yeah he's like the new marcus rashford well he's a defender that. yeah yeah well, he's like the a, young one that yeah. you take and yes possibly doesn't the kind of theo yeah. walcott yeah and and just look it's going to be exciting to see what what harry kane does because mm. at the last euros it just didn't it didn't really happen that's because um, they were doing roy hodgson was doing this like absolutely ludicrous thing th- where, th- this is what i mean about them changing it up just before a tournament starts why would you have so harry kane is the the striker basically the man he's one of the world's best strikers absolutely and, I think. and Roy Hodgson had him taking the corners and stuff, it didn't he? It was just, and just odd. Who's just, supposed to score the goal if he's over, if it, he's over there? Yeah, it just didn't need to be, didn't need to happen. That it's did it. Very curious. Mm. Yeah, no, exciting to see what happens to him. Yeah. And obviously, if he does well, I'm yeah. sure transfer season there will be even more rumours about yeah. what will become of and him. Not to be too trashy about it, but of mm. course, with all these new young players comes a comes a very new young and ambitious set of wags okay. we are talking now you, you know wags is very 2006 mm-hmm. and I, I mean i used to have a segment on talk sport it was called a sports and showbiz section but mm-hmm. essentially it was just wags right and then we stopped doing after five years because it just became boring to be honest and then capello banned the wags from a tournament and it all just went wrong um but people are talking about the wags again now who have we got well you've got a selection let me just mm-hmm. Shakira. 
is a wag, of course. <laughs> she is. She is. Not an English. No. Not of an English player, no, though. No, she's not. Um, Deli Alley. Oh. He's... I forget what her name is. Is it Daisy May or something? She's very attractive. She's a, she's a model, isn't yeah, she? She's yeah, she's very much a model. Yeah, so, you know, she's one to look out for. Harry Kane's wag is just lovely. She just looks mm. super cute and lovely, and I'm sure she won't be... She, she won't be seeking any attention, put mm. it like that. The Queen wag is being touted as Rebecca Vardy, so... Jamie Vardy's yes, in the squad. Really good impact player. For me, he's not a starter, by the way. No. Rebecca Vardy, Queen Wag. And I think there needs to be a good mixture of... Whereas in 2006, in, in mm. um, Germany at the World Cup, they, they, they were a real distraction. Mm. That's why Capello banned them. But actually, you need... Players need some distraction. Players need some normality out there. And so, yeah, having partners and kids out there is good, as long as the partners understand that it ain't about them. It's all very exciting. It's okay. Thank you very much for joining us to talk about the World Cup. Can you tell us a bit about your excellent podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Myself and another broadcaster run something called The Offside Rule. And we've been going for yonks now about six seasons. And it's a female-fronted football podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not a women's football podcast. We do talk about women's football, but it's a female-fronted football podcast. And what we've been doing for the last season is we've been doing big exclusive interviews with big names in football, like Joe Hart. England goalkeeper. A lot of you will know him. He's not going to the World no, Cup, by not. the way. Yeah. So players like Joe Hart. Actually, we went and spoke to Sven Goran Eriksson out in his Swedish lodge. Mm. How was that? I didn't go. Actually, Haley McQueen and Lindsay Hooper went, and Lindsay Hooper got. I think they. I think they drove to. Would this make sense? Would they drive to Denmark or drive to Norway and then, yeah. or fly into Norway and then drive to Sweden? Would that make sense? I think they're all. It's kind of a kind of a kinder. Um, And Lindsay drove them down a ski pass at one point, which was, which I think, I think an Instagram video is floating out there somewhere. Sven was very lovely, actually. Really? Charming, I imagine. Charming. And Mm. I think he was a little bit bored. Um, I think he wants to get back into football. He should. He yeah. was quite good at it. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. all right. He, yeah. was a, he was a pretty good England manager, I thought. It's just obviously... He was, yeah. And, and, and went a bit wrong he was when the press popular went with the pl- Yeah, exactly. The, um, yeah. But yeah, the offside rule, um, if you like really interesting chats with people who, who you may not get much from because they're always giving the usual press conference stroke post-match answers it's a really interesting listen mm-hmm. we speak to managers about finding their way in the game we speak about moments that have never been spoken about before it's just a really in-depth interesting chat mm. and you'll always learn something from them but they're just they're just really nice personal takes on big names in football yeah and female run, so a different perspective. Yes, we. Which is always nice. Yeah, we, we, we have a website, offsiderulepodcast.com, and we, we, we have the podcast too, and Facebook and, 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 and social media. And we're predominantly run by women to get them, help get them into media, help get them into football and um, journalism and broadcasting. And so we are big backers of supporting women who might feel that they've been pushed out of the environment because it can be quite male dominated we're you know really big proponents of um of pushing women forward we are seeing a lot more women in sports journalism at the moment yes i feel like there's been a there's been quite a lot broadcasting yes and obviously jackie oatley is doing yeah. um world cup stuff as uh, so is any aluko for talk sport um the chelsea player um i think we need more more focus on writers now that's been lacking i think that there's 
there is some stuff that's been starting to happen in the last year or so. But yeah, I think now broadcasters, yes, we need to keep it going though. And we need, you know, Sky Sports and everyone to do more, you know, more Jackie Oatley's, more, you know, we can't just be Jackie Oatley. No. There needs to be more women fronting men's tournaments, competitions, games. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.